countdown. Three crosses, two choices, one answer. And Max Licato in his book, which I did put in those little gift bags for you, he did this just for you. He writes, the cross. Can you turn any direction without seeing one? Perched atop a chapel, carved into a graveyard tombstone, engraved in a ring, or suspended on a chain, the cross is the universal symbol of Christians. An odd choice, don't you think? Strange that a tool of torture would come to embody a movement of hope. Would you wear a tiny electric chair dangling from your neck? Suspend a gold-plated hangman's noose on your wall. Would you print a picture of a firing squad on your business card? Yet we do so with the cross. Why is the symbol of our faith the cross? To find the answer, look no farther than the cross itself. Its design couldn't be simpler. One beam horizontal, the other vertical. One reaches out like God's love, and the other one reaches up, as does God's holiness. One represents the width of his love, the other reflects the height of his holiness. The cross is the intersection. The cross is where God forgave his children without lowering his standards. Three crosses, two choices, one answer. Three crosses, envision that day with me. Three crosses standing. Three men hanging on his own cross. Two criminals, both on either side, punished for the crimes they did commit. Yet the man in the middle cross hangs there, convicted, punished, tortured, not for his sin, but for your sin, for my sin, for the world's sin. Two criminals dying alongside him. One accepted the opportunity for forgiveness. The other rejected the opportunity. Three crosses, two choices, one answer. Consider what God did. John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. God so loved us that he gave his first, the one who knew no sin to be sin for us, just for you, he gave his son. Would you do that? If you're a parent, would, would you give your son or your daughter's life for someone else? Someone that doesn't even acknowledge you. Someone who would spit in your face, curse you. Would you give your son or your daughter? When I was writing this message, I was thinking about how mind-blowing that concept is. But remember, we're all God's children. All God's children. Could you imagine picking one of your children to die for another one of your children? 
You're picking the one who knew no sin, never did anything wrong, to die for the one who's spitting back in your face and don't want to have a thing to do with you. Forget it. I don't love you. I don't want you. Stop trying to love me, walking away from you, yet you're going to give up your one and only, the one who knew no sin for another. Would there even be a piece of paper small enough to write down the names of those that you would give your one and only son or daughter's life for? No. Yet God's love list contains the name of everyone. Everyone. For this is the scope of his love. And this is the reason for the cross for God so loved the world. Consider what Jesus did. Romans 5.8 says God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. While we were yet sinners, Christ willingly died for us. Lakato continues on in that little book that I gave you. It says, Jesus, who was boundless, boundless, became bound. Imprisoned in flesh, with a wave of his hand, he could have boomeranged the spit of his accusers back into their own faces. With an arch of his brow, he could have paralyzed the hand of the soldier that was twisting the crown of thorns. But he didn't. He stood silent as a million guilty verdicts echoed in his ears. Then after three days, swallowed in death, he stepped into the Easter sunrise. He stepped into life. He stepped into life, holding the keys of death. He gave up the crown of heaven for the crown of thorns, and he did it just for you. While we were yet sinners, Christ willingly died for us. Three crosses, two choices, one answer. Two choices. Can I get you to turn over to Deuteronomy chapter 30? As we look at the two choices that are laid out before us. Two choices. When we think about the three crosses, one on the left, one on the right. Envision today. God sitting on his throne, you on the earth. And between you and God, suspended between you and heaven, is Christ standing, resurrected, remember, holding the keys of death. And he asks, what will you choose? What will you choose? See, when God made you, he didn't make a robot. When God created 
man. He made man in his image. And he wanted man to willingly love him. A choice to love. Could you imagine today, I know in some cultures I think they still do, but could you imagine sitting there beside your spouse if you weren't the one that chose your spouse? Somebody chose that love for you? Yeah. See, God could have made us love him. Really. I mean, isn't that what we as parents try to do? When we're trying to teach our kids right and wrong, don't we try to make them always choose right? Why? Because we know it's best for them. Yeah, I know you want to play in the street. It's fun. See, the kids are back there. I can say that. But it's not the best thing for you. You know, don't throw your football toward the road. Go that way. Throw that way. Why? Because I said. Couldn't Jesus and God and the Holy Spirit, before they created, setting up there saying, we should just orchestrate because you said, God. Not give them choice. Because you know what they're going to choose if we give them choice. But he didn't want robots. He didn't want a, a token love. I, I'm made to love you. I have to love you. I have no choice. He wanted a love that chooses love. And so he lays out for us choice before you. Before you. And so let's look at that today. In Deuteronomy chapter 30, starting with verse 11. Now what, I'm, what I am commanding you today is not too difficult for you. I love that. I really do. Because sometimes when you read the word or you listen to a sermon, message sometime, I mean, I've sat in some and I feel like, what is that peanut with that um, Jeff Dunham? You know, goes right over my head and I'm like, following this? You know, sometimes, you know, you, you know, especially early in the Christian life, you're reading the Bible and you're like, is this even in English? Right? I love that. Now, what, am, what I am commanding you today is not too difficult for you. It's like he put my name right there. woo Brenda, you can do this. It's not too difficult for you or beyond your reach. It is not up in heaven so that you have to ask who will ascend into heaven to get it and proclaim it to us so we may obey it. Nor is it beyond the sea so that you have to ask who will cross the sea to go get it and proclaim it to us so that we may obey it. No, he says. The word is very near you. It is in your mouth and in your heart so that you may obey it. See, I set before you today life and prosperity, death and destruction. For... I command you today to love the Lord your God, to walk in his ways, and to keep his commands, decrees, and laws. Then you will live and increase, and the Lord your God will bless you in the land you are entering to possess. But if 
your heart turns away and you are not obedient and if you are drawn away to bow down to other gods and worship them I declare to you this day that you will certainly be destroyed you will not live long in the land you are crossing the Jordan to enter and possess verse 19 this day I call heaven and earth as witnesses against you that I have set before you life and death blessings and curses now choose life so that you and your children may live and that or so that you may love the Lord your God listen to his voice and hold fast to him for the Lord is your life and he will give you many years in the land he swore to give to your fathers Abraham Isaac and Jacob now over the last few weeks I've been teaching a very simple way to understand to read and understand the Bible by using key words that you stop and you pause see I know back in the old day it was all about you know quantity 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 how much can you read you know 10 chapters a day then you're a good Christian but God started speaking to me a couple years ago about slow down chew slowly and when I started when I stopped checking off the boxes of my uh, reading plan to make sure I get all my reading done you know some of us a personalities we like the checklist so we can mark sometimes I write things I've already done so I can put a check mark by them <laughs> I do too. <laughs> I do too. <laughs> Uh, yeah so but when I slowed down and I started reading these words started popping out to me even more key words that pop out in these just this scripture right here what did you see so that so that I'm gonna do this so that you can do this so that some other key words showing oh so that showing you that the result is to come this is what you want here's what you need to do this is what you want so that you may obey it I put it right here it's right here it's in your mouth it's in your heart so that you can obey it it's right here it's not too far away it's not too difficult for you the word for for means because for commandment it's commanded for I commanded you for I commit because I commanded you this is what you need to do life and death are before you so do this then when the word then pops out it reminds us there was conditions here it is the end. if you do this I will do this then I mean haven't we told our kids you go clean your room then you can have dessert I want dessert now mmm mm. then you know I hear people all the time say to me Brenda you're wrong you're wrong you're wrong grace 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 you don't have to do anything to earn God's love what they're saying is correct and incorrect all at the same time yes yours absolutely nothing you can do to earn God's love he can't love you anymore he can't love you any less but his promises have conditions 
Bible is full of conditions. John 3.16 Whosoever will believe for God so loved the world. Oh, he loves everybody. Yeah, but for whosoever will, they'll have eternal life. I don't even know where that came from. Sorry. Oh, then. Then reminds us there's conditions. There's always conditions. Promises. There's always an if. If you do this, God will do this. But what's awesome is he lays out his promises. Could you imagine? I mean, how motivated could you make your kids just go clean your room? Well... Okay, sorry, it just echoed in my head because I said so. That's, they need to do that. That's right. Bad example. Bad example. Your paycheck. Would you go to work for somebody without knowing how much they were going to pay you at the end? No. Come on, not a chance. Aaron says, not a chance. No. You want to know the result, right? You want to know the, you know, what's the promise? If I work 40 days this week, what's the promise? I want to know what's coming. God's so good, he gives that to us right away. This, If you do this, I'll do this. So you can actually weigh it. And I have not, not yet found a promise that doesn't overcome the ifs. God always goes above and beyond. And some, in, I think it's in Deuteronomy, it says his blessings will overtake you. You ever stand in Lake Michigan? When the waves are high and you're like, yeah, this is so fun. And all of a sudden, boom, you're knocked down. That's how God's blessings are. When we're doing what we're supposed to be doing, loving God with all our heart, mind, and soul, and doing what he commands us to do, he said, my blessings will overtake you. They'll come up from behind you and just knock you out. I want some of them, Lord. I like them. Then reminds us that there are conditions and promises, but he always gives the, in this scripture, he says, you will. And God will. If you do this, you will have this. And God will do this. The promises. And then he circles back around again with his butt. I'm I, telling you, I really want to preach a series on the, the big butt of God. God's got back. Anyway. But he brings it but but he brings us back around and says there remember there's a condition to this. But if you let your heart turn aside. As a matter of fact, in Revelations, when um, Jesus is speaking to the churches, one of the most sobering warnings is that you lost your first love. You've lost your first love. See, remember, if you want to, and we're supposed to compare ourselves with, with God, not amongst ourselves. But when we even look at our own life, when you think, am I as red hot on fire for God as I was when he first saved me? If the answer is no, you've lost your first love. And his warning is return back. Again, that's not part of the message. I don't know where I'm going with it. That's free, free nuggets for you. <laughs> for I commanded, verse 16, for I commanded you today to love the Lord your God and walk in obedience to him and to keep his commandments, decrees, and laws. Say this all the time. It's not a smorgasbord. It's not a buffet. You can't pick and choose what you want of God. If you do that, you're making God in your own image. It's an idol. 
You've created him into an idol. You can't pick and choose what things you will or will not do. He says, love the Lord your God, walk in obedience to him, and keep his commands. We just preached this last week, Matthew 7. Remember, I think it was last week where we talked about the true and the false disciples, Matthew 7. Right? Let me just read it to you. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, this is red letters, this is Jesus, our last series we just did was the red letters red letter living uh, if you didn't hear that get those podcasts but he says not everyone who says to me lord lord will enter the kingdom of heaven but only he who does the will of my father only he who does the will of my father in heaven many will say to me on that day on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name, in your name drive out demons and perform many miracles? Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. Therefore, one of those key words that we've been circling in our Bibles. Therefore, because of this, this is what you need to do. Therefore, because you just heard that, this is what you need to do. Everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice will be a wise man. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord. But we did all these miracles. We did all these things. They were picking and choosing what they wanted to do and what they didn't want to do. He said, only those who do the will of my Father in heaven. He even calls them evildoers. So Christians, actually, to think about what they said that they were doing, they sure leaders in the Christian world, right? I mean, wouldn't you consider one casting out demons, healing the sick, prophesying, all these good things? Yet he said, get away from me. I never knew you, you evildoers. Love the Lord your God, walk in obedience to him, and keep his commandments. It's a choice. It's a choice. You either obey or you are choosing not to obey. Two choices, life or death. In choosing life, we choose to live his life, his way, his commands. Not our life, our way, on our terms. Living his commands is not hard. This is not too difficult for you. Because the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead, when you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, dwells in you. The power to be holy, to live a godly life, to say no to ungodliness, it's just plastered all over in the Bible. His power in you, not by might, not by strength, but His power, by His Spirit. He lives in you. Three crosses, two choices, one answer. One answer. Jesus said, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me.
Oswald Chambers in my utmost for his highest says, The cross of Christ is the revealed truth of God's judgment on sin. Never associate the idea of martyrdom with the cross of Christ. It was the supreme triumph and it shook the very foundations of hell. There is nothing in time or eternity more absolutely certain and irrefutable than what Jesus Christ accomplished on the cross. He made it possible for the entire human race to be brought back into a right standing relationship with God. He made redemption the foundation of human life. The cross was not something that happened to Jesus. He came to die. The cross was his purpose in coming. He is the lamb slain from the foundation of the world, Revelations 13.8. The reason Christ came would have no meaning without the cross. The purpose was redemption. Jesus came to take sin away. The cross is the central event in time and eternity and the answer to all the problems of both. The heart of salvation is the cross of Christ. The reason salvation is so easy to obtain is that it costs God so much. The cross was the place where God and sinful man merged with a tremendous collision and where the way to life was opened. But all the cost, all the pain of the collision was absorbed in the heart of God. So what does the resurrection mean to me? When we choose Christ, we choose to live life through Him, because of Him, and for Him. Galatians 2.20 says, I have been crucified with Christ. Paul says so much in these few verses. I have been crucified with Christ. And I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I do not set aside the grace of God. For if righteousness could be gained through the law, Christ died for nothing. When I was praying through this message, and that, that just hit me so hard. But see, people that want to, you know, say, oh, do, 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 do. They want to set aside grace. You, you just follow all the do's. Don't do the big don'ts, and you're okay. Demands perfection. Because you break even the littlest part of the law, you're now a lawbreaker. You have to have grace. <laughs> but it's not the extreme opposite side either. You can't say grace, 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 grace. Grace demands conditions. You get this because you do this. Whosoever will. Now, the Bible says that a righteous man falls a thousand times, but he keeps getting back up. 
That's grace. Wisdom is you don't keep going back to the same pothole or pot, pot no falling in the same hole in the road. Not pothole, but okay. You're distracting setting up here, buddy, because I just like keep talking to you. I know it must be the tie. I love men all have these ties on Easter Sunday. Pastors wearing jeans. Anyway, anyway. That's a fight for lunchtime, okay? See, I do keep turning to you, don't I? Dale, there you are. I'll just keep focusing on you. So the law, follow, 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 do, 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 religious, religion, religious, religion, demands perfection. You mess up once, you're out. Grace is there to keep giving us the strength to get back up. Wisdom is if you tripped up, don't go back that same way. Go around it. You understand there's no shame when you fall. But you should be ashamed if you keep falling over the same thing. Right? Yeah. Fix that rug that you keep tripping on. Okay. Again, that was free. But Paul is saying, let me just pick this apart for a second as uh, we're getting close. Oh, dear Lord. Yeah, we're getting close. Paul says, I have been crucified with Christ. He does not say, I have determined just to imitate him. See, there's the law follower. The do, do, do. I'm just going to do everything Jesus did. No, he said, I've been crucified with Christ. I have been identified with him in his death. When I come to such a moral decision and act upon it, then all that Christ accomplished for me on the cross is now accomplished in me. In me. The free choice to commit myself to God gives the Holy Spirit the chance to impart to me the holiness of God. In me. In me. I was actually working this morning on a message I'm putting together for Mother's Day, too. I'm so excited about Mother's Day because I'm a mother and we get more chocolate. No, okay. No, that's not the reason. Quack. But the message I'm putting together for Mother's Day, living love, living love, living out of our love, living out of God's approval in us, not living for the approval of God. And that's the same thing. Everything, I don't have to earn what Christ did on the cross, but I do have to surrender to it, commit a moral decision to live my life because of him, for him. Paul says, and I no longer live. The individuality remains, but the mainspring, the ruling disposition is radically altered. The same human body remains, but the old selfish right to myself is destroyed. You heard the old saying, everything changes, yet nothing changed. Same thing. Everything changes. When you give over, and you know, you could be sitting here today and you've been a Christian for 20-some years, 30-some years, 50-some, 60, 70. Am I getting close, Anna? You could have been a Christian, but 
maybe you are one of those buffet Christians. And you, you just thought that was okay. Did you know I read, read this? I listened to the news this morning, and 7 out of 10 Christians, 7 out of 10 people consider themselves Christians. 7 out of 10 people. If you think about your neighborhood, think about your family. You're all going to probably spend time with your family. 7 out of 10 consider themselves Christians. If you're just doing your witnessing by asking, are you a Christian? You're asking the wrong question. Because actually, you could be sitting here today and you've been labeling yourself a Christian for many, many years. But have you been doing the and? Jesus says, "Love those who love me will do what I command. God said, I set before you life and death right here to love the Lord your God and, and do what he commands. And. Everything changes. Everything changes. When you begin walking and living that kind of life, everything changes. Yet nothing has changed. You're still in your mortal body. Yet there's a different right. You don't no longer do you hold the reins to your life. You've laid them in the hands of Jesus and say, direct me, guide me. I do this because of you, for you. Paul goes on and says, and the life I now live in the body. Not the life which I long to live. Of course, we pray to live. Not for the life in heaven. Jesus, just help me not cuss my neighbor out so I can make it to heaven one day. Not that kind of life. Yes, we all will get there. You know, we all want to be there. You wouldn't be here, right? Hey. I tell my family all the time, I do not want to be cremated when I die. Because I'm spending my life working hard to stay out of the flames of hell. Don't throw me back in that flame before, you know. Anyway, don't. I don't want to be cremated. No. But I'm talking about now the lit, the. The life I live now is not just for eternity. We are ambassadors of Christ. We're a representation of heaven on earth. We're supposed to be an extension of heaven to earth. Heaven on earth. Your will be done. Where? On earth as it is in heaven. How can that happen if it's not through you? Jesus came so that heaven will come to earth through you. Extension, an ambassador, a conduit, right? Did I use that word right? Hey, okay, I don't know. Just came out. The life I now live in my mortal flesh, the life which men can see, I live by faith in the Son of God. Not faith in faith. You hear people say that all the time. I hope, I wish, I hope, I wish. Send me, I, I get this on uh, Facebook a lot. Send your well wishes my way. Send your good thoughts my way. I'm like, that's just thoughts and thoughts. This is talking about a faith in God. A faith in Jesus. In. In. The faith in the Son of God is no longer faith in faith, but faith which has overlapped all conscious bounds. 
the identical faith that was in the Son of God now dwells in me. In me. But receiving that gift is your choice. Three crosses, two choices, one answer. So in closing, I really want to put out here not just an invitation to those who don't have a relationship with Jesus at all. I am seriously burdened in my heart for those who have called themselves Christians for so long but haven't been doing the and part. You've accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior, but you haven't been living your life with Jesus as the Lord of your life. Do you understand what that means for him to be your Lord? Your Lord. Your Lord. If we lived in a kingdom society right now, Jesus, his throne right here, God, Jesus, his right hand, right here, right now. With our understanding of a kingdom authority, what he says, we have no choice but do, right? In a kingdom society, right? You have no choice, you just do it. God says, I sat on the throne. I laid it all out for you, good choices that will help prosper your life, increase your life, give you good things. But you have to choose that this is what you're going to do. Or when you stand before me, you might hear, I never knew you. See, you, you wanted me to be your savior, but you didn't allow me to be your Lord. See, we want to be quick to get that Savior part so we feel like we walk away with this get-out-of-jail-free card. I've got my ticket. When something happens, when you know I get in a car accident or life just happens, I've got my get-out-of-jail-free card right here. I, made, I accepted Jesus Christ as my Savior in 1985 or whatever. Or 1940, no, okay, I won't try to go. Here it is. Well, when you go to stand before the king, which it says it's appointed unto every man to die and then face judgment, that when we stand there and we wave that ticket in his face, I didn't know you. So where does the relationship take place? Think of it that way. in a marital relationship just slipping the ring on the finger doesn't build the relationship that seals me as his right when you accept Jesus Christ as your savior he slips the ring on your finger and you are associated with it you are now his but the relationship comes in the and do The ant, the ant, because you're walking, you're living, you're living your life in Christ. It's crucified with Christ. I'm living because of Christ. I'm living for Christ. He says, do I do. Why? Because I love him and I'm his. He's the Lord. And I give him the reins. 
Lord of your life. It's not enough just to make him your Savior. He needs to be your Savior and your Lord. For God so loved the world that whoever, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him. Aren't you glad that the verse doesn't read, whoever's more holy? For God so loved the world that he gave for the white people, that he gave for the rich people. God so loved the world. World. God so loved the world. Locato continues, how wide is God's love? Wide enough for the whole world. He proclaimed it. For God so loved the world. You are included in that world. You are included in God's love. God's love is just for you. When asked to describe the width of his love, Jesus stretched one hand to the left, one hand to the right, and asked that they be nailed there as a symbol of his outstretched love. But isn't there a limit to that love? Surely there has to be an end to that love. You'd think so, wouldn't you? But David the adulterer never found it. Paul the murderer never found it. Peter the liar never found it. When it came to life, they hit bottom. But when it came to God's love, they never hit bottom. They, like you, found their names on God's list of love. Because God loves you, he has invited you to enjoy eternal life with him in heaven and heaven with him on earth now. Now. Jesus made a way to accept God's invitation and he did it just for you. I was listening to a message the other day and I remember when Jesus hung on the cross that he proclaimed, it is finished. The actual word he used was an accounting word. That means the debt has been paid in full. Not just it is finished. Think about it. He proclaimed the debt has been paid in full. He came to die. He came to die. Invite him into your life. Ask for his forgiveness. If you've been living a Christian life, but you've been making God in your own image by picking and choosing what you will obey and what you really don't have to obey. Repent today. Ask for his forgiveness. Stand up. Take on his power, his resurrection. Everything he accomplished on the cross can be accomplished in you by just asking God. Have your way in me, Lord. Forgive me. Have your way in me. I'll make you the Lord of my life. Be the Savior of my life. And I'll live to make you the Lord of my life every day. It's through his resurrection power. Three crosses, two choice, and one answer. The countdown has already begun.
So if you're ready to accept this free gift, I ask every eye to be closed, every head bowed for a second. I want you to just think, man, that's so sobering to think that those disciples thought they were doing all the right things. And yet, on that day, they stood before him and cried out, Lord, Lord, we've done all this. And he said, I didn't, I never knew you. If you feel the Holy Spirit's been tapping on your heart during this message, that it's time for you to return to that first love, just slip up your hand. I want to pray for you. Today's your day. I want to return to that first love. I've been living as a Christian, but I don't believe I've been doing the ands like I'm supposed to be. I see your hand. I see your hand. I want to pray for you. Yeah, I see your hands. Or like I said earlier, maybe you're sitting here today and you can admit that you've just been living life your own way. You don't really have a relationship. You, you know about God. You, you've, you've heard all the right things. You think, you know. But you know you need a right relationship with God. Jesus already paid it all. Your debts and paid in full. Your sins can be erased today. Your name can be written in the Lamb's book of life. You can have the Holy Spirit deposited in you today. The same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead. The resurrection power can be in you today to live out God's commands. His Spirit in you. If that's you and you want to accept this free gift, just raise your hand. I want to pray for you too. Yeah. I see your hand. I see your hand. I want to just lead you in a simple little prayer right before we close. And then Amy's going to sing a song. We're going to have time at the altar if you need prayer for anything before you go. If you are going to repeat that, I want everybody to repeat this prayer. But if this is your day, you're recommitting your life or accepting Jesus the first time in your life, Come up to the altar so we can pray with you. We can walk with you. We can lock arms like the band of brothers and sisters were supposed to be. But you can just repeat after me a simple prayer. And I ask everybody does this. Dear Heavenly Father, I admit I am not right with you. I have been living life on my own terms. And I ask you to forgive me of all my sins. I believe in my heart that Jesus died for me. That you raised him from the dead. And I confess with my mouth that Jesus is now my Savior and Lord.
Father, I just pray for all those right now that that was their first prayer to ever pray that or that was a recommitment prayer and you can feel it and you know it, God. You said that you judge our hearts, Lord. You see our hearts. You know our thoughts. You know the motives of our heart. And God, those that say that they've put a line in the sand today, that this is their day to now walk with you as Savior and Lord of their life. God, I pray right now that you just fill them with your Holy Spirit. Resurrection power, Holy Spirit. The same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead. Fill them right now. Fill them right now. Give them the power to be your witnesses. That gives them the power to walk out your word. It's not too difficult for them. You now dwell within them. You live within them. It's not something that we have to be perfect to do. But we just have to keep doing. Keep following you. Keep doing. You are our Lord. You are the Savior. God, fill them. Fill them. Fill them. So can I just have everybody stand up? And if that was you, if you prayed that prayer, like I said, for the first time and recommitting, you know that this was your day today with the altar team. Come up front and just come up with them. Come up with them. Come up with them. Talk to them. And if you want prayer for anything, don't be too quick to leave. But get prayer. Get prayed for. You don't have to be a member of the church to get prayed for. We should be praying for each other all the time. God, I just ask right now that you just open up these altars. Lord, let let this be like a line in the sand today. Healing power. Healing power. Healing power. Healing power. Freedom. Set.